Hi, and welcome to the Purdue Commercial AgCast, the Purdue University Center for Commercial Agriculture's podcast featuring farm management news and information. On today's episode, I'm your host, Brady Brewer, and joining me is Dr. Tyler Mark, who is an Associate Professor of Agricultural Economics at the University of Kentucky. Before we get into today's topic, um, I just want to remind all the listeners, you can find the podcast on the Center for Commercial Agriculture's website at purdue.edu backslash commercial ag, or any of your major podcast providers. Today's topic is a follow-up to the 2023 Top Farmer Conference, where Tyler was a speaker on the machinery market. Uh, So with that, welcome, Tyler. And I want to start off with uh, asking you, you know, so you have been studying the machinery market for a while, and this is part of your research. Why focus on the machinery market? Well, Brady, uh, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be here today. And, you know, the machinery market is, is kind of a an interesting market to, to focus on in that, you know, it accounts for about 40% of production costs. So, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty big component that a lot of producers sometimes leave out or forget to think about um, much. So, it, it, it's been a lot of fun to look at that. And, and also, if I look back in my history and, and at our family farm, I mean, we had a machinery economic or machinery problem and uh, that we, we had too much machinery for the farm we were. Um, so it's it's fun now to actually play around in this space and actually do research on this that, that hopefully will help other producers around the country uh, think about how to avoid some of those mistakes, uh, especially in, in today's uh, agricultural environment. Yeah, and it definitely represents a large part of a farm's balance sheet. Maybe not as much as land, but it's still a very large part of a farm's uh, balance sheet. So we all know the story. Farm prices have increased or Farm input prices across the board. Machinery is not immune to this. Uh, so, how did we get here in terms of of where the machinery market is today? You know, that's 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 a great question. So, you, you start to think about the the commodity prices are at record highs, and we've seen uh, those continue to trend upwards, and that's put upward pressure on on those huge machinery uh, components. But we need to back up a little further. We need to back up to, to the 2012-2013 timeframe. You know, we had peak prices at that point in time too, coming out of the drought of 2012. Uh, we had good prices in net farm income in 2013. Uh, and then after that, we had this tightening of margins uh, and producers weren't able to replace those machinery sets at that point in time. So, you know, we had a, an extended period of time there from 13 to maybe 16, 17, 18, 18, where they didn't replace those those uh, machines, they were doing a lot of repair costs. We saw repair and maintenance costs rise, um, and finally, we got to a point in 2019, even started in 2018, we start to see those prices rise, especially for that uh, used equipment that's in excellent condition. Uh, and then we hit 2020, and we had, you know, COVID hit. We had uh, new production of machines shut down. Um, so those manufacturing facilities shut down, so we, we lost production there. Uh, and then, you know, we had a, a number of supply chain issues come up, you know, trying to get uh, steel, rubber, uh, semiconductors uh, for all these new machines. Well, producers were at a point at this, now at a point where they had to replace some of these machines. Well, they had to go to the used machinery market to do that. Well, now you've got rising uh, commodity prices. We got low interest rates there in that 2019, 2020 timeframe, uh, 2021 timeframe. So man, they, they hit that used machinery market and, and those prices started to take off and we've seen records and records and records uh, for these used machinery prices. Uh, um, 
know, and, and one other thing that kind of happened in there, too, is in that 2013 and that downward turn uh, in those commodity prices, you saw uh, new machinery uh, production pull back as as these manufacturers weren't uh, there wasn't a demand for them. So they, they pulled back on production. So that kind of shorted it there. And then we had all this perfect storm kind of hit with 2020. And, you know, now we've got uh, a used machinery market that uh, if you were to listen to somebody like uh, uh, Machine Repeat would say is white hot. Well, yeah. So you, you say perfect storm. It, it really sounds like a double whammy. I mean, normally when we think about economics, we talk in terms of demand shifts or supply shifts. And what you just described is both, right? You had this delayed demand surge where people were putting off uh buying machinery that hit at the exact same time you had a supply shift inward right because supply uh, supply chain issues throughout because of covid-19 and other you know worldwide events uh you mentioned the semiconductor uh, shortage as well so we weren't producing as much new machinery which is a substitute so it sound it really does sound like a perfect storm of why we saw this surge in uh, use machinery prices. So, you know, okay, so that's how we got here. Perfect storm, demand surge, supply issues. Is there an end in sight? Like what, what do we expect moving forward for the used machinery market? Well, I I think for 2023 and and maybe even 2024, I I think you're going to continue to see, uh, the used machinery market still being, uh, hopefully not white hot. Maybe it'll cool off a little bit, uh, and level out a little bit. Um, you know, as new production comes online, as uh, we are starting to see uh, the machinery manufacturers ramp up production, however, they're years behind. So, and we've still got some supply chain shortages in the market as well. So they're still dealing with some of those. Uh, You know, I think we're back up to those 2018, 2019 levels with some of the production, but demand has far exceeded some of that that level at this point in time now especially for new equipment so they they've still got a gap there that they they got to be able to fill so we have a little bit of easing on it but probably not a whole lot um some of it will also depend upon you know you you would think that interest rates would slow some of this down too but uh, they don't seem to be a a problem either as we've got uh, free cash sitting around uh, that needs a home and it's either probably going to go to land or machinery so one of the two yeah so you know you mentioned uh, this built up demand, did we additionally see farmers because of the rise in prices continue to push off? Like, so is there still pent up demand that's still there that's going to continue to create shortages at, you know, at the farm machinery lot? Yeah, I think there's still a lot of pent up demand. I mean, these producers have gone back and bought some older machines just to fill the gap, but those machines are starting to get some hours on them too now. So, you know, they're going to be ready to trade those in plus they're wanting new machines. But I mean, if you hear a lot of anecdotal tales around, you know, you order a machine in 22, it may, you may get it in 23 or you may get it in 24. So, I mean, we, we've still got a while before, before we catch up there. So yeah, we've still got some pent up demand. So a lot of things that are still yet to be worked out in the machinery markets. Uh, you mentioned the age and I know having just listened to your presentation, you did a lot of research thinking about the age of the machinery and how that impacts price. Uh, Would you like to discuss a little bit around what you found there regarding the age of the price and the machinery? 
Yeah, so that was that was one of the more interesting findings, you know, when we start to look specifically at the combine uh, segment and we looked at data from 2015 to 2018, you know, we saw that age was a bigger determinant of prices than was the hours, on, the separator hours on that, which I found kind of interesting. You know, you normally think about separator hours being the more important component on a combine relative to the number, uh, the number of years or the age of that machine. So that's been one thing that we've seen in that, that space. Uh, I think one thing that we're going to see play out in the tractor space is you know, we start to think about uh, pre, pre-tier four and DEF um, coming in. Those engines uh, started to come into production, I think, around 2014. So equipment that's older than 2014 doesn't have some of the same environmental components in those engines and stuff. They're easier to work on. Um, I, I think we're going to see what plays out here, but I think what we're going to see play out is that uh, that equipment is going to uh, – have gone up uh, in terms of prices quicker than those equipment manufactured 2014 and beyond. You know, it's going to have more value because you, you're able to work on that machinery uh, in-house, and that's especially important right now with some of the machinery uh, part shortages that are in place and, and not being able to get parts for those newer machines and, and potentially not even having the training to be able to work on those newer machines, but they can definitely work on the older ones. Yeah, and that is a surprising result on age because, you know, I mean, if you have two combines that are the same age, I much prefer the one that has lower separator hours, right? Like there's a lot of moving parts on machinery nowadays, and the less that those parts have been used, the less you would think that it would break down moving forward into the future, you know, after you buy it. Um, but a, that is a definitely an interesting finding. Yeah, and I, and I think that to some degree could be a little bit skewed because keep in mind too, we've got um, lots of... We, we haven't segmented the data so that we're only looking at combines, say, 20 that were manufactured in 1995 and Ford or 2000 and Ford. So we've got, you know, you could have a combine in there that's a John Deere 40. You know, it's a pull type combine that sits in that data set. So you, you have some of those factors in there uh, that, that are important to think about as well. So, so I'll, I'll put you on the spot here, Tyler. If I'm a farmer and let's say I have, you know, and I know I need a new tractor or a new combine or some type of machinery purchase, I think I can get through the 2023 year with my current one, but I, but I know I need to replace it. Do I wait till 2024? Do I put this off based on what's coming down the pipeline for the machinery market? Or should I start looking now and, and think about making this decision sooner rather than later? Well, I, you know, that's, that's a great question, Brady. And I think you know, it depend, it's, it's farm dependent to some degree, because what, what is that piece of equipment? Is that your planter tractor? Is how, how pivotal of a cog in, in your farm is that piece of equipment is one thing. But if you're strictly thinking about price, when you start to look at that, uh, historically you see uh, prices are a little depressed in that first and second quarter uh, of the year because – you're, you're, you're just entering that. You see prices ramp up at the end of the year, typically in quarter four. One, for a couple different reasons. One, you have a whole lot of equipment, you know, kind of that is ready to go at the end of the year, as well as you have a lot of producers that are at the end of the year starting to think about what their tax ramifications are going into the next year. So if they're going to have significant tax ramifications, they may think about purchasing a piece of equipment, which, you know, if there's uh, supply constraints there on the number of pieces of equipment, that's going to really push that price on up in that fourth quarter. So, you know, you got a couple different factors there to play with, you know, when, how, how important is that piece of equipment and, you know, when, when are you thinking about buying and selling 
in that market? And do you have the flexibility to, to move around? Yeah, a lot of different components there to think about. What about the supply chain issues we've talked about? Uh, you know, we're still seeing reports of semiconductor shortages, um, you know, other supply chain issues with the manufacturing of some of this equipment. Do we think that will be worked out by, say, 2024? Well, uh, you know, we, we started to see a number of companies make decisions about moving semiconductor production back to the U.S. So hopefully that will ease some of that. We're starting to see some investment in that in the U.S. as well. Um, but those those factories take time to get in place. So it's not going to be early 2023 if in 2023. So hopefully in 2024, we'll start to see more of that uh, get back to what, uh, I don't know if you would consider it normal, but uh, what our new normal is going to be. Um, within this market. So with that, this concludes our discussion on the farm machinery market update. I just want to remind all the listeners for more farm management news and economic information, uh, visit us at the Purdue Center for Commercial Agriculture's website at purdue.edu backslash commercial ag. You can also find us on Twitter with the handle at PU Commercial Ag. You can also find more about Tyler's work at the University of Kentucky Agricultural Economics website, which is located at agecon.ca.uky.edu. On behalf of the Center for Commercial Agriculture here at Purdue University, I'm Brady Brewer, and we thank you for listening. <laughs>